Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Here's what I'd want you to know about Earl and Onika. They are the kindest, most joy-filled, encouraging, faith-filled people I've ever been around. I just love, love, love the McClellans. They are the best. So we are blessed to have Mayor Earl. We just love you. you. You guys, you just always leave us just with a smile on our face and believe in God for bigger things. Thank you for being here. Do you know, he was at the conference, flew home for his son's prom night, flew back so he could be here today. Come on, he deserves a big round of applause. church. Come on, can we give God some praise for how faithful and good he has been? Wow. Come on, every campus, we're clapping our hands right now, believing God for miracles. I'm excited about today. All right, give somebody a high five or a hug or a kiss on the cheek if you know them well enough. Some single guy thought that that was his moment. It's not your moment. (laughs) We're so excited about today. All that God has already done at all of our locations. My faith has been inspired. My heart is filled with so much joy. And I just love y'all so, so very much, as does my wife. She wishes she could be here as well. You already know this, but I have to say it because I know, I know the impact that your pastors have had on my life personally. I'm not just talking in the body of Christ overall. I'm talking I am a better man. I love Jesus more. I love my family more because of the way Pastors John and Debbie Lindell lead and love. Can we give them a huge round of applause? Because I have been pushed forward. I I, I just, I'm blown away. Please do not take this for granted. James, you better not take them for granted, okay? You, You know when rich kids don't know they're rich? They're like, oh, how come I don't have a car? It's like, you know we don't just buy cars. You are so blessed that you are upset that I'm not buying you a car. I just need you to know, you have like Bentley pastors, okay? They are like McLaren, Ferrari pastors here. You, you, you don't have some raggedy old Toyota Starlet. That's what I drove when I was growing up. Cost $600. <laughs> had a wooden bumper. It would t- we would be driving, the car would turn off while we were driving. You'd have to put it in neutral, turn it back on, and then put it back in that fifth gear, keep on going. That was the car I had. I had a pastor like that one time too. Y'all don't have that kind of pastor. You don't have those kinds of leaders. We love them so much. Love Pastor Brandon and Pastor David and 
Savannah, I mean, the whole family just love him so much. But, but thank you for so, so much for allowing me to be a part of your world. I feel like I'm being pushed forward. Those of you who are with us for the first time at any of the locations, I want to encourage you, keep on coming back because your life is going to be pushed forward and you're going to fall more in love with Jesus. Hey, we're going to open up God's Word today, though. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I know you have been in a series on Acts. Acts is, I might say it's my favorite book in the Bible. I love the Gospel of Luke, though, but, but Luke wrote both of them. He wrote Luke and Acts. So, so maybe I just love the, uh, the Gospel writer Luke a whole bunch. But the book of Acts is so life-giving. We read through the book of Acts uh, in January of each year uh, at, our, at our church family. And I want to go to Acts chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 16. If you didn't bring your Bible, we're going to put the words on the screen so that you can follow along uh, with us at all of our locations. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. I like to think he began to do the electric slide. That's just how I see it in my head. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, we'll look at that later, all the people were astonished and came running to the place in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy, holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, you all can see. Ooh-wee! This is some good Bible right here. I mean, you got to understand this is happening not long after Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. 
This is not something that was like years and years and years later. Everything is very, very, very fresh at this moment. Now, some of you may already know this, but this temple, this gate called Beautiful, this thing was massive. It was ornate. It was spectacular. And Jesus most likely had seen this man. He had walked past this lame man. And Jesus had never healed him. I don't know why. I don't know exactly the reason. But I do know that this man ended up being touched by that same Jesus who had walked past him at other times. Maybe this lame man had heard of others being healed and he was wondering why it had not happened to him just yet. But on this particular day, some followers of Jesus happened to be going through price cutters. And they find this man here at the, at the gate called Beautiful. And he's, he's begging. And this man did not know on this day his life was going to be changed and transformed. Can I just tell you, I'm believing that today is a day that all of our lives are going to be changed and transformed. That God is going to meet you exactly where you are if your marriage is broken today. Can we just believe that today's the day that things will begin to turn around. If you are hurting in your physical body, your emotional health, man, your business is not going the way you want to. Let's believe that today will be the day that God will just turn some things around. You have been used to begging, but God's about to bring a breakthrough in your life today in Jesus' name. But this guy, he didn't think anything was going to happen. His friends have been carrying him for years. He's in his 40s, okay? So he's old. Just kidding. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. I'm 28, so uh, I like to say things like that. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> I've been married going on 26 years uh, this upcoming May, so uh, black don't crack. That's what they say, so that's why... That's why I look like this. <laughs> My wife looks even younger than me. We had a plumber at our home, and the plumber said to my wife, he said these words to her. He said, can you please go get your dad and let him know I want to talk to him about some stuff. Me being the dad. I didn't pay him. I didn't pay him. I said, get out my house, man. Get out my house. You cannot call me dad. But my wife looks very young. Here, this guy has been going to this gate for years. 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 Day after day of the same problem. Day after day with the same issue. Day after day with the same hurdles. Day after day 
with the same struggles. Have you ever been stuck in a cycle like this? Have you ever felt like, God, when are you going to change my situation? Some of us can even look at our family lines and go, okay, there was divorce there. There was divorce there. There's divorce there. And now here I am separated from my spouse. Some of us are looking at our families going, there's been debt there, debt there, debt there. And now here I am. I feel like I'm drowning in debt. Here there has been brokenness here, brokenness here, brokenness here. And here it is. It's in my life as well. God, when is this going to change? When are things going to be different? I love that the Bible does not try to shy away from the fact that sometimes you get stuck in something and you wish you were not there. That sometimes you're lame and you don't want to be. Sometimes you're broken and you're hoping and praying that God will get you out. But for whatever reason, we can get to the spot where we stop even asking. Because it's easier to exist than it is to expect. So we say, God, I'll just exist. They say you love me. I believe that. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm giving my heart to you. I'll just exist. I'll exist in my marriage. I'll just exist in this business. I'll just exist as a teenager. I'll just exist as a young adult. I'll just, I'll just exist. Matter of fact, may, maybe sometimes I might even sin on purpose, and then I'll ask you for forgiveness. And then, but God, I'm just existing. I'm not, I'm not treating my body like the temple that you say it is. I'm just gonna live. I'm just going to exist. And this man has found himself existing. I'm not mad at him. I'm not putting any shame on him. I'm not condemning him at all because I know what it can be like to be asking God for something and you're not having and other people around you seem to be getting miracles and you're like, God, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? So he's sitting there and he's begging. He's begging. Now, I like the text. When you read it, I, I, I never noticed this. Um, he's begging, he asks them for, you know, some money. And then when Peter and John, they see him and they say to the man, look at us. I had always seen this beggar looking at them saying, can I have some money? But the text tells us that he actually wasn't looking at them that he, like a lot of beggars, had his head down. I'm not going to look at you. I'll just ask for the scraps because this is what I'm used to. I'm not used to people noticing me. I'm not used to people caring. I'm not used to people loving. I'm not used to people being supportive. But Peter and John showed up as representatives of Jesus. And then when you're a representative of Jesus, you don't just walk past people. You don't just disrespect people. You don't just ignore people. What we do is say, give me your eyes. I want your attention right now because I want to put the worth and value on you that the cross demands and displays that you deserve. I want you to know you are not junk. 
I want you to know you are not forgotten. I want you to know that you are seen. I want you to know that God is on your side. That's why we have so many hosts at the door. That's why we have people smiling at you. That's why we have parking lot people. We're trying to put value on everybody when they walk through this door because everybody's used to going through life like this. No, look at us. Look at us, not because we're amazing. You look at us because of the God that we serve. And the God that we serve is about to meet you exactly where you are. And I want to look at you eyeball to eyeball right now and declare to you that God is on your side and he's about to do something in your life that's going to exceed your expectations. The guy says, give me some money. Peter and John say, we don't have any. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Got nothing. No cash app. <laughs> no Venmo. No Zelle. I don't have a lot on me right now, but I got something else. I got something else. I got something else. You can't even buy this. I got something else. I got something else. Matter of fact, somebody else purchased it on that old rugged cross. I, I got something else for you. What I have for you is that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I want you to get up. I want you to walk. Can you believe these guys walked into this moment and they had this kind of crazy faith? Y'all, this is wild. But the expectation of the man was only to get money. But Peter and John said, your expectation is too low. I don't want to just give you money. I can give you money. Well, not right now. I got to wait till Friday. And I'm not, not this Friday, but the next Friday when I get paid. But I, I can't pay you right now. But I'm telling what I have for you is not dependent upon money. Because I've spent some time with my Savior. And he said to me, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every man and woman. Lay hands on the sick. See them recover, preach my name, declare my gospel, lift up my glory, and you watch what I will do through you. So here it is at this beautiful gate called Beautiful. I don't have the money that you need, but what you need actually comes from heaven. You can't buy this with dollars or coins. You get this from the grace that only flows from Jesus. So, uh, takes the man by the hand. This expectation, he, he lifts his expectation, he lifts his expectation, he lifts his expectation, he lifts his expectation. For 40 years you've been lame, 40 years he's been lame, but lifts his expectation. I know, I know we got some gray-haired people in this church. I want you all to know, God sees you. He's not doing miracles just for young people. He's doing miracles for everybody. He's doing miracles for every age. He's doing miracles for married people and single people. He's doing miracles for those with comb overs and those with ball heads. He's doing miracles for everybody. You can get in on this. All you got to do is say, God, I trust you. I trust you. So, I like, can, can I talk about another miracle real quick? Real, real quick, a little, little, little quick miracle. The men's conference is a miracle. Okay, it's a miracle. These are not men showing up 
to make much of themselves. These are men showing up to make much of Jesus Christ. It is powerful what is happening. I, I need you to understand that when you are in an atmosphere of miracles, you start to think they're just normal. And they ought to be normal, if you will, meaning like they are happening all the time, but then you can get a little bit desensitized and just think, oh, that conference will just be there. Oh, it will just be awesome. You know how it got awesome? It got awesome because the people were praying and fasting and crying out to God to move. You know why it was awesome? Because there was a bunch of serve team, dream teamers showing up early, staying late, giving their blood, their sweat, and their tears. You know why it was awesome? It's because some individuals were willing to say, I will come early, I will stay late. So please do not treat as common, something that God is calling holy and special. Do not be flippant with this men's conference. Men, go ahead, show up, sign up, do it today. Stop waiting. Stop playing games. Get your whole crew there. Fathers, bring your sons. Moms, get your sons there. Get your brother. Get your cousin. Get your grandpa. Get everybody there that you can so we can see the level of expectation grow in the hearts of the men of our church. That's expectation. 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 But then he goes from expectation. He, he, he was thinking small, but God lifted his expectation. I pray that that's happening in our hearts today. He, he lifts the expectation. And then uh, I like this. There's a celebration that happens. A celebration. I like this. I like that James River is in a dead church. I like that, okay? I like that we clap. I like that. I like that we got people up here at all of our campuses on, uh, on the platform just singing out to God with all of their hearts. Now listen, you can, you can sing quietly. God hears that just fine. You don't have to move a lot in order to like, you know, we're not performing for the Lord. But I so appreciate that when we come to worship here at James River, we're like, you, God, you get it all. You get my bad voice, my good voice. You get my toes. You get my elbows. You get my arms. You get my hips. Lord, I used to use these hips for the world, but now I use these hips for your glory. Lord, I, you, you get it all, Lord. You get everything I have. I'm so glad that we are a church that celebrates, that we're like 200 some of the people gave their lives to Jesus. We're like, yes, that's not common. Thank you, Lord, for what you did. Thank you, Lord, for 17 baptisms. Thank you, Lord, that rotator cuffs are being healed. Thank you, Lord, that kids are being raised in the house of God. Thank you, Lord, that you're putting marriages back together. Thank you, Lord, that you're providing wisdom and insight and direction. Thank you, Lord, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Thank you, Lord, that you're good. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. Thank you, Lord, that you have not forgotten about me. Thank you, Lord, that in the house of God I can worship with all of my heart. Thank you, 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 thank you. I'm not ashamed. You guys got me preaching way too hard already. <laughs> Celebration. The man goes into the church. <laughs> he is celebrating. He has been lame for 40 years. 
40 years? 40, 40 years of it, his, his feet not working. 40 years. What else should he do? Why wouldn't he celebrate? I, uh, this, this is uh, when I was in college. Um, I had, uh, was playing uh, intramural football. I was at Old Roberts University, I was playing intramural football, and I threw a pass, and uh, this guy came in and, you know, blocked the ball, and he hit my finger, and uh, it, it hurt really bad, and I kind of pulled it. I thought he kind of popped my finger, so I, I pulled it, and then I tried to keep on playing, and I, I couldn't, and I'm not a good quarterback anyway. Uh, I can barely throw the ball. Um, but anyway, uh, I, uh, I'm like, oh, man, this really hurts. Well, I go to the doctor a little bit later, and, and I find out my finger is broken. Uh, I broke it on my knuckle in a couple of places. And I'm like, oh, man. So I had to wear a splint for, for six weeks, six or eight weeks. I can't remember. And, and I'm at ORU, and everybody's praying for me. You know, they see the splint. They're like, ooh, get him. So <laughs> I, 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 can't go in, I can't go anywhere, right? Everyone's like... Can I pray for you, brother? I'm like, dang, man, I'm late for my class. Can you just give it to the Lord? He knows, okay? He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. I get prayed for, I get prayed for, I get prayed for. One, one morning, uh, uh, when you, whenever, I, but I was actually a basketball player is what I was wanting uh, to do at the university. They had tryouts coming up in a number of weeks, and I had a broken finger. So I'm like, how is this going to work with me playing basketball at the university if I've got a broken finger? So one morning, I'm in my, my dorm room, and uh, when you play basketball and you're tired, you grab your, you grab your shorts like this. Okay? So ballers, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, Nowadays, the shorts are really short, so I don't know what they're doing now, but so I, I still keep mine long. I still keep mine long, okay? I'm a holy basketball player. All these, just kidding. <laughs> so I, I got my, I'm, I'm, and I can't bend my finger. I go down to the bathroom. I'm getting cleaned up. Come back from the bathroom. I get on my knees to pray. That's not a flex. I just did love Jesus, and I was trying to have my personal time with the Lord because I want to make sure my whole heart, my whole life is surrendered to him every single day of my life. So I'm on my knees, just spending my time uh, with Jesus. My hand catches on fire. Fire. I get up from my knees. My hand's on fire. I'm backing up like this. My roommate, he's going, Earl. Earl, Earl, I hit the wall, and I go, and I can bend my whole hand. I couldn't do it earlier. Two days later, a guy by the name of Bill Self, he's now the coach of the University of Kansas, he, came, he comes up to me, and he was uh, the coach at Oral Roberts University. And he says, hey, I heard, I heard you can play basketball a little bit. Why don't you come down before the tryouts and start working out with the team? And I never left. I was a walk-on to the basketball team, played all, all four years. But God had set that up to heal my finger in that moment. I say that to say, I remember being like, wow, God, thank you. As a side note, a little bit later, years later, I went to play basketball when my wife told me not to, and I broke this finger. Lord has not healed this one. Look at it. Look at look how crooked it is. I came to James River asking the Lord to forgive me for disobeying my wife. And he's like, nope, you're going to keep that one, son. You're going you're gonna to remember that finger. 
say all that to say, I remember the gratitude. I remember the celebration. I remember the goodness of God that I felt. But with all of this, and this happens here in the Bible too, it's interesting that people want to begin to look at the person whom God flowed through more than to look at the person that actually did the miracle. So Peter and John have to deal with this. The guy's dancing. He's in church. He's having a blast. Oh my goodness, the people are like, I can't believe this happened. And then Peter and John said, hey, everybody. Whoa, 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 whoa. I see what you're trying to do here. You think this is us? You think Peter and John, you think we did this? Let me stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. I, I, want, I want to pause right there. I, I, I need to correct you before you go the wrong direction. Because you're looking at me and John like we're the healers. No, sir. Don't do that. Stop. Hard stop. Because if you begin to look at us as your healer, you might think we are your savior. We're not your savior. There's only one savior. So they have to say this. He says, why do you stare at us as if by our own power or our own godliness? Like, we did this because we're so holy. We did this because we're so pure. This happened because we're so perfect. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, live godly. Yes, live a life honoring the Lord. Yes, make sure he's first in your life. All of that stuff. But do not think for a second you can perform your way to this. Pause. I need you to know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. He has glorified his servant, Jesus. He has glorified his servant. He has glorified his servant, Jesus. 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 Can I just say thank you that pastors John and Debbie are not taking this glory and trying to wear it themselves. All I see them doing is crying, saying, God, thank you for moving, and I don't get the glory. Jesus gets the glory. I'm so thankful that we're not trying to lift up the name James River. Thank you so much, because the name James River never saved one soul, but there is a name that's above every name, and at that name, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he's Lord to the glory of God the Father, and there's only one name, and that name is Jesus. That name is Jesus. 
showing all of our locations just 30 seconds. 30 seconds of just crying out to Jesus. 30 seconds of exalting Jesus. 30 seconds of glorifying Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. 15 more seconds. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You can say, you can say standing. If you're standing, say, keep saying, say standing, say standing. Look at this. Look at this. He says, it says, it says, verse 16. If we can put it on the screen, go ahead and try to, because I want to make sure people know I'm not making this up. Acts chapter 3, verse 16, by faith, by faith in the name of Jesus. Man. It's by faith in the, in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and you know him that's how he was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him. Jesus. It's Jesus. It's just Jesus. It's Jesus. Anyway, you, got, you might try to get to a certain prayer partner. And, and fine, I, I get that. Because sometimes you have a, you know, a deeper connection with somebody. But can I just tell you? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And for some reason, sometimes, he walks by somebody that's been dealing with something for 40 years. And he lets some of his disciples come behind him. And he uses them. I don't know why he does that. I just know he does. But whether it was Jesus touching this man physically or was Jesus touching this man through Christ's disciples and followers, at the end of the day, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. It was Jesus.